Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Well, welcome back to another episode of Not That Andrew. And uh, as we have been doing and will continue to do over the next couple of months, we're going to present you with some of the city council candidates here in the city of New York. As we know, the city council has been uh, introducing radical legislation, uh, and we need good candidates to step up to make sure that we can bring sanity back to New York City. So without any further ado, let me introduce to you Samantha Zerka, who is running for City Council District 13 in the Southeast Bronx. Uh, Samantha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So let me just get right into it. What inspired you to run for City Council? Well, um, I'm a daughter of Albanian Muslim uh, parents who suffered at the hands of communism. You know, my father was a farmer. Uh, owned a, you know about 500 acres of land and did nothing more than reject the communist regime. He was in prison for 11 years, tortured, you know, actually placed in snake pits. My mother for three years, and she was electrocuted through her elbows. Um, they were fortunate to be given, once they were taken out of those camps, um, they were to be given a lottery to come into this great country. Um, for them and understanding what communism really is. Socialism is nothing short of communism. It is of the same. Um, That's probably one of the first things, one of the first reasons why I caught a bit of a fire in my belly to consider politics, but then it was God himself. You know, he chiseled me. Yeah. You know, through my own life's experience, I'm a mother who lost a child. Um, every day watching our, you know, our innocent children being gunned down in the street or, you know, uh, murdered or get gang attacks or whatever it may be, it has become extremely rampant these past couple of years with our woke society and the, the woke, you know, movement against the police. Um, so that's pretty much... Um, really what what set the fire in me to run for office and and bring about change. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you lost uh, a son. Uh, I'm sure that's something that every day is is with you and helping you guide you through this process. I I often tell people my right foot is in heaven and my left one is here to do God's work for my son, for all the sons and daughters of our city. Um, It's important. I, I don't think... Um, I, I guess we can imagine, right, the depths of pain each and every time I saw an article of a child, uh, one sitting on the stoop that had a drive, you know, was killed by a drive-by shooter. Um, I cry for them because now I know what those parents are going to go through for the rest of their life. So absolutely, I'm guided by my son. I'm guided by the pain. I'm guided with a fortitude to do the right thing for people and God. Well, God, God rest his soul, and I know he's uh, an angel looking down on you. Um, you know, you also mentioned uh, about your family and having that farmland that was uh, that was taken by the government back in uh, Albania, and how that that actually is very, very similar to my wife's story. Her grandfather uh, had farmland in Lithuania, mm. and when the Soviet Union took over, they nationalized the farmland. They sent him to Siberia for 10 years, uh, tortured him. When they sent him back home, he was a very sick man at that point and passed away a short time later. Uh, My wife's mother actually remembers the boots of the Red Army soldier. She was hiding underneath the bed and she remembers the boots. She was about three, four years old coming in uh, to take uh, her father to Siberia. 
It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. My father died um, uh, three years ago in March with the scars on his body. Wow. You know, um, my mother just recently died, my best friend, in February of wow. this year. Um, and we often spoke about, you know, both of them said that they never thought that they would see America tread on the path of socialism, communism. Yeah. And here it is. We're here. And you can look at kind of this push of socialism in the United States over the last five years, and you can point to your district as being really kind of, I don't want to say the birthplace, but where it really got this shot in the arm because of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, in particular. So I'm sure this is a feeling that deep down, it's it's a matter of, hey, this is not only going to not happen in my country, but I need to make sure I'm pushing back against this in my district. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, you know, the, uh, the AOCs of our society today are, are pushing a narrative that media is helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a failed uh, educational system, right, that's failing our students every single day. They're not being taught what they should be taught, the truths. You know, we have uh, 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 transgenderisms and all kinds of un-Americanisms taking place in our in our um, educational department. And that is what precisely brings about the AOCs. You see, our children, what do they know yeah. if they're not being taught the real history? Yeah. You know, they don't know what communism is. So it's easy to guide, to disguise the word socialism. It sounds like social media. It sounds very welcoming um, with, you know, let's talk socialism when they really mean let's talk communism. Yeah. Yeah. It really you know? is a rebranding of communism in, in, yes. in so many ways. Um Tell me a little bit about what legislation you'd be interested in pushing uh, if elected to the city council. Well, I have to say I'm extremely passionate about ending the vicious cycle of poverty and bringing about legislation that would introduce, reintroduce trade schools to our high schools. Mm -hmm. Our students currently right now, we have uh, $35,000 per student per year being uh, expensed for our public school students. And they're being failed out. They're being passed out. Mm-hmm. They're passing them along with a fourth grade reading level. Not uh, not good enough to um, head off to college. And it's I think it's also by design. It's either by design, and I would say it's quite evil, or there's a bunch of inept politicians that just don't understand what one plus one equals. Yeah. Um, there's a necessity. We end the vicious cycle of poverty by bringing about opportunity to our children. Bring, introducing trade schools as, as early as ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know why does a nurse need college? Mm-hmm. You know, an LPN, uh, an architectural designer, uh, coding, app, you know, design. There's a, a numerous amount of trade schools that can be introduced as early as high school. Why are our students indebted to student loans and government? They're not, not being able to get a, a basic uh, entry-level job after a four-year degree. Um, so it, it would that would be one. The other one would be obviously to refund the police. Mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about safety for our children, bringing back the first duty of government, and that's the protection of life. Yeah. You know, we begin that with you know more policing, more you know assets, more you know tools at their fingertips, mm-hmm. uh, and you know hiring more police, getting that on the table, so that there's no overtime uh, exhaustion. You know, no room for error 
and no uh, budget crisis within the police department as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, and I've been kind of looking at the shows that I've done and, and how um, how maybe I've asked if my perspective has changed since I've become a parent. And, and I would say that it hasn't changed, if anything, that uh, I've kind of it's refortified my ideas. Um, but the one thing that probably has changed it whenever I would talk about the issues that are most important to me, I would say it was crime before I was a parent, crime, uh, the economy, uh, quality of life. And then I would mention education in there. Now, I feel like I talk about education all the time and hearing hearing the, you know, the issues that you're talking about. You obviously mentioned the police, but you talked about the curriculum in terms of the transgenderism that's being taught and the sexualization of our kids at a young age. And you talk about trade schools and the ideas of figuring out ways to allow New York students to have the ability to be successful after they leave exactly. their New York City education. Here's what here's what every child born on this earth is gifted by the hand of God, mm -hmm. but not every child is, is gifted to go to college. Yeah. We have to do better, better as, as, as our current society to, to, um, to ensure that our future, our future is their future. They are our future. We have to bring about change. Let's take, take a look at the charter schools mm -hmm. and the parochial schools. I said, Often, $35,000 per student per year in the public school system, which affects both you and I mm -hmm. because we pay for it. You know, everybody does. Um, and yet we have a parochial school system that, you know, an average $9,000, $10,000 a year. Those students from the parochial schools are excelling in leaps and bounds. Yeah. The charter school system, what about those students? Mm -hmm. They are excelling. Mm -hmm. They are ready for college. They are ready to take on the world. Mm -hmm. And it's half the cost. The average cost for a charter school student is 17000 per year. Yeah. So what are we doing wrong? I, it seems that it's just one plus one equals two here. It's common sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bureaucrats that are getting quite fat and, and, the, and selling our children's future down the river of hell. Mm -hmm. If we can't invest in them, then our future, your daughter's future, my daughter's future, and the future of every daughter and son in this city is dismal. Yeah. You know, it'll become a vicious cycle. We talk about crime, but how about we fix poverty? Mm -hmm. And we don't need to, you know, produce more agencies to give more stuff away. God has done an amazing thing to each and every one of us and has given us free will and mm -hmm. given us passion and fortitude. You know, bring the opportunity to the fingertips and, and every child is going to engage in it. And therefore, they will leave high school maybe uh, an additional six months or eight months in, 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 in additional trade and off to work and off to becoming entrepreneurs and changing the future. Yeah. And that's what we need most here in the city of New York. You know, it's so interesting and hearing you talk about this just kind of gave me this idea when, when people think about college or they think about uh, now, as you're mentioning, trade schools, um, trade schools give you the ability to be successful outside of your education. Once That's you're right. done with your school, so many people look at, well, going to college as this kind of be all and end all when really that should be a part of somebody's development. It shouldn't be something that should be necessary for people to be successful in the world. Unfortunately, we've gotten to a point, as you've so highlighted much more eloquently than I have at this point, uh, Thank you. where I think people have decided that, you know what, 
we're going to just get them into college and they're going to figure it out from there. Uh, whereas actually looking and saying, you know what, this is a path for them to be successful throughout their life. And that's where I think trade schools can really come in. And it absolutely will also give every parent an opportunity to have a discussion because not every parent in the city of New York can sit down and speak to their children about college. Right. They're not economically capable or they're, you know, they're single, single paycheck households. Mm-hmm. But trade schools is is available yeah. to everyone. I, I mean, my my industry, what I do for a living is a trade. Mm-hmm. I'm an insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. I help the public against the insurance companies. It is a trade. And I make phenomenal money. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my business is there's no limit yeah. to how much money I can make. It's all about my investment in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So and think about when I I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 54 this year. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, uh, we learned secretarial. We had to pass the secretarial class with 55 words or more a minute. Yeah. (laughs) And there was, you know, uh, auto shop. Mm -hmm. And they had programs like Create, which uh, brought students to the hospitals to teach them hands-on, you know, if they desire to go to an LPN or a registered nurse program. Um, they, They did away with that. And I think they did away with it because it was working. It was working. People were becoming self-sufficient and independent of government. Mm-hmm. And government needs poverty to expand and survive. Mm-hmm. So, well, Self-sufficiency is one of these things that uh, we've been pushing in so many ways, and education is certainly one way to do it. I want to get back a little bit to your district in particular. Um, tell me a little bit from your perspective about uh, your district, about the Southeast Bronx. Oh, wow. It's such a beautiful place. It's a very diverse neighborhood. Uh, the community, um, Throgs Neck Country Club, Pelham Bay area. It's pretty. It's pretty vast, but you sort of feel like you know everyone. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a beautiful place to live. It's a low density area. Um, it's you know unfortunately there's a lot of infrastructure issues there that need to be addressed. Um, our schools are still overpopulated, um, but uh, overall, it's home. It's home to everyone that you meet, everyone that you see. You know, we hold the doors open for each other. There's, you know, my door stays open um, until 11 p.m. every single day. Yeah. You know, it's just home. It's beautiful. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Um, so what do you think some of the most important issues that are facing your district? I mean, I know education is certainly something that's facing kind of citywide. Same thing with uh, refunding our police, if you will, as our police have been under assault over the last couple of years? That is a must. Yeah. We must bring back, you know, safety to the citizens, mm-hmm. the residents of our city. Absolutely. Um, well, we have the issue of the onslaught, the attack on the our, our zoning in, in Throgs Neck Country Club area. Yeah. Uh, we have a current city councilwoman that... Uh, uh, lied to the community mm-hmm. and and said that she was not going to vote in favor of it. And she did. She voted in favor of, of upzoning. Upzoning a low-density area such as Throgs Neck Country Club um, is, is, is detrimental to the entire community. We have currently, as it stands, issues with our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. When it rains, um, and this is probably for the past three or four years, most houses get water in their home. Mm-hmm. You know, the sewer systems back up. It's it's unsustainable. Yeah. We have the issue of um, overcrowding of our schools. They keep building and expanding the schools, but the schools currently in our area are 152% over capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the issue with hospitals. 
you know, as it stands right now without the upzoning, people are waiting in the halls for two or three days mm -hmm. for a room. Um, the policing, you know, so there, there's less policing. They're underfunded. How do we get them, you know, if it's if the area is upzoned? How do we sustain it? And what about the fire departments? I mean, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. It's unsustainable. I don't think that, again, and and I hate to be, I hate to sound harsh, but I am going to be. They're inept. Mm -hmm. You know, they uh, these politicians that are in office right now are just inept. They're just, you know, I would say probably like little puppets on a string mm -hmm. being told what to do and what to say. That won't happen with me. <laughs> that won't happen with me. I come from parents with fortitude, and I'm a woman with fortitude. Well, it certainly sounds that way, mm -hmm. uh, considering their background and, and your background. T tell me a little bit about, I know you mentioned her before, uh, Marjorie Velasco, as you mentioned her, lying to the community. Tell me a little bit about her tenure in the city council. I don't know much about her. I didn't spend much time researching her. I don't think she's... Um, I'm not going to waste my time researching her. What I will say is uh, I understand that she um, she is considered the Bene Benedict Arnold mm -hmm. of our community. She lied to our community. And um, and and it's it's a sin. You know, I also understand and I don't know how true it is, but that she's just doesn't she doesn't even live in the community mm -hmm. that she just undersold to uh, to the prospect of upzoning an area that's not going to be sustainable. No. Um, so upzoning really, uh, when you think about the city of New York, right? One of the things that makes it so wonderful is not just the diversity of people, but it's the diversity of neighborhoods, right? Not every place needs to look like midtown Manhattan. And you have these incredible neighborhoods all across New York city, not just in the Bronx, but you know, you think about the Rockaways, you, but you know, you think about also the Southeast Bronx and how beautiful it feels like this, um, this piece of suburban life, almost beach life in some areas right there. Um, so upzoning really in, in many ways would take that away, wouldn't it? It absolutely will. And here's what else it does. And I don't think anybody speaks about it. Um, in high rise areas such as Manhattan here, you know, there's a metal, there's metals that rise from the ground up that uh, let's take the South Bronx, for instance, the highest rate of asthma is in the South Bronx, mm. and it's because of the the upzone. You know, there's a lot of uh, air quality issues there. It will bring that sort of air quality issue to the low density area, and you know, if the only area left in the Bronx that people can aspire to move to mm -hmm. is Country Club Throgsnack. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a wonderful place and it's it's extremely diverse. And, you know, you get the opposite, the you know, the the proponents for upzoning um, will say that we're racist because we don't want, you know, everything seems to be racist. I'd say I don't care what they call me, <laughs> but um, that we're racist because we don't want upzoning. This has nothing to do with, with affordable housing, because if they wanted to make a change for it, then let's look at all the vacant commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. How about we retrofit the buildings that are already in existence? Mm -hmm. If you want to make a change, there's a hell of a lot of land 
vacant land, yeah. you know, outside of these low density areas mm-hmm. that they can do um, affordable housing for. This has nothing to do with affordable housing. This is a bunch of, you know, billionaire developers that see a future prospect of making Throgs Neck Country Club into Long Island City, mm-hmm. you know, and into another Manhattan. Right. You know, it's on the water. You know, what better place? Mm-hmm. And I think it's disgusting yeah. because um, they fail to think about all the people that have worked extremely hard to keep their homes and those others that are working hard to become a Throgs Neck Country Club resident. And we welcome you all because yeah. <laughs> one of the best diverse neighborhoods in the entire Bronx is yeah. there. So going on to the mural administration, how do you think the Adams administration, has it been hurtful? helpful to the district. Uh, what's your take on his administration a uh, year and a half in? I think that, you know, um, I think that Mayor Adams needs to take a little bit more of a strong position. You know, again, I will speak that the, you know, most that are dictating to our neighborhood don't live in it. Mm-hmm. And um, therefore, they they dictate and, and it's causing strife for the people who have. What about the senior citizens, right? It's causing economic strife and strife for the people who are residents of the, of the community. Um, the upzoning is a disaster, and it will be a disaster, and I don't think Mayor Adams has taken a good look at what it would cause for the community. I think Mayor Adams should spend a little bit more time figuring out what he's going to do with the migrant influx that's causing this city uh, economic and social strife as well. Um, you know, uh, the sanctuary city stuff is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it needs to uh, come to a halt. We need to worry about our citizens. We need to worry about our residents. We need to worry about our students, our children, our senior citizens. You know, how long has it been? I know I'm going to be 54 years old, and I don't know a time that I've encountered a senior citizen that worried so much about leaving their home, and now I've encountered many. They're, They're fearful to leave their home, and rightfully so. And now they're fearful that they're not going to be able to afford or sustain life in the way that it's going now. Yeah. It's it's a disgrace. I think that uh, we need to put our common sense hats on, including Mayor Adams. You know, he seems like a really nice guy, and I'd love to work with him. But I won't hesitate to tell him that he's lacking common sense right now. <laughs> he needs to focus on the people that are here. You know, we have... Uh, the issue with the eight uh, veterans that were evicted from the hotel. Yeah. You know, imagine that. They fought for our freedom. Yeah. And then you just kick imagine them out the it. street. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. That could be our children. That could, you know, it's their, they belong to somebody. Yeah. And they're put out there like that to accommodate. And I ponder on what is really going on. I say that government loves poverty yeah. and loves the need of being needed. And I think that the people of this city need to wake up, need to wake up. You know, the first thing when I uh, asked about Adams that you mentioned was the migrant crisis. And I I think it's probably pretty appropriate considering one of the first places that Adams wanted to construct a a tent city uh, in New York City, which was in City Island, which is in the council district that you're running for right there. Yes, I, I, I actually protested that tent city in my previous run. I ran for New York State Senate District 34. I was a very vocal, uh, um, <laughs> very vocal about uh, not having that tent city yeah. uh, built there. I'm happy that he uh, decided to move it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about tent cities? What happens to our homeless? Yeah. 
Why haven't we ever had this vigor and this fortitude and this, this uh, uh, you know, push for our own people? Mm-hmm. You know, we have many people who are homeless here. You know, in my previous run, I, I stepped out of my campaign to spend the day with homeless people in Brooklyn on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. There were elderly women there that sleep underneath the boardwalk. What about our own? If we're going to build 10 cities, let's build them for our people, the people that belong here in the city of New York. It does seem like whether it's, uh, you know, citizens of New York, whether it's those who are going through mental health issues or homeless, uh, that they are uh, being their needs are being pushed aside for those that are non-citizens, whether it be a college education, which is now being offered to non-citizens. It's not happening for legal migrants. It's not happening for those who've grown up and paid their taxes in New York their entire life. It seems like its uh, priority is given on so many issues to uh, those who are crossing uh, the southern border illegally and now find themselves invited by Mayor Adams in New York. I say... um It's probably going to be a shock and awe for everybody. Here's what I propose. I think that uh, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or a conservative, we must recognize that our promise, the promise by way of our registration, has given the power to these dictators to dictate how they want, when they want. We're in a one-party rule in this state and in this city. And if we don't do something to stop it, there's just a matter of time before we won't even have a voice to speak. So my 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 thing is everybody get off the line. Yeah. Get off the <laughs> promise line. If you want to make a change, we can sit outside and protest and scream until our heads pop. It's not doing anything because they're still in control. We get them out of control, not by yielding a revolution or a civil war, by yielding the tip of our finger and coming off the promise line. Imagine what that would do. It would be an earthquake in the state of New York if everybody just came off the party lines. Mm -hmm. Go to the middle. Let the politicians work for you. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Everybody's no no party affiliated. Can you imagine (laughs) what they would have to do? They would really have to work for the people. Isn't that what they're supposed to do? That is what we pay them to do. Mm -hmm. So my answer to that question is get off the line. Fascinating. That's that's really fascinating. And and it certainly seems like, I mean, it's true, whether it be on a city level, on federal level, our politicians, they're failing us and they're not they're not doing what their job description should be. So let's send the earthquake. Everybody get off the line. Yeah. You know, you, you I've encountered probably more times than not. You could see it in their eyes. They're lacking hope and faith that there is a better tomorrow. And I'd say that there's a better tomorrow. (laughs) You yield the power back and you take control, right? The power belongs to the people. The people have been sold and lied to. And, you know, be a Democrat, be a Republican. And I'd say give the other two parties a chance. Mm -hmm. How about getting off the line and not promising anyone so that they could truly work for you? I want to be... And I will be one of the best public servants out there. I will wash the feet of my community members. I want them to know what it's like to really feel public service. We're losing sight of it. There's promises made that are never kept, you know, and then another one bites the dust. They come out, come election time, 
you know, pander with their constituents and go back and dictate some more strife for their life. It's time that we just recognize that since it's not working to stand behind these parties, stop standing behind them. Well, Samantha, before we wrap up here today, uh, is there anything else that you'd like our listening audience to know about you? I'm an Albanian woman who will fight for truth. I will fight for the future of our children. They deserve uh, trade schools, and we're going to get trade schools back in New York. Um, I'm a mother who's passionate and compassionate. I love people. I love them. And I will fight. I will fight. I will bring truth every day to my constituents. I will roundtable with them. I will not promise them something and not deliver it. My internet site is www.samanthafornewyorkcity.com. Thank you so much. And don't forget, vote primary June 27th. You got a great pick here, Samantha Zerka. Well, that's great. That was going to be my next question. Where can they follow you? So you're, you're already thinking in my mind right there. So. Yes, I figured I'd throw it in there. I'm not a great salesperson, but I am a good, honest person. Well, that was pretty good. You got the right date and everything for them right there. I'd always have to remind myself, tell them the primary date. So well done right there. Samantha, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. And thank for you for having us. me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My thank pleasure. You. And we'll see you back next week. Uh, you heard from Samantha Zerka running for City Council District 13 in the Bronx. Thank you very much. 